0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, Hitting the gym or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here, here, here. Hey, what's going on? We got a special guest. We have David Meltzer, he is, the C, he is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of the renowned Lehigh Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. His life mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. This simple yet powerful mission has led him on an incredible journey to provide one thing, value. Dave, Welcome.
1: Hey, thanks, Jordan. such a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, we're excited to have you on the Clocked In Podcast. So to start off, what's where, where did it all start? Because I know you've made a bunch of money, you lost some, you made it all back, and <laughs> where, where did it all go?
1: Yeah, you know, it kind of started with that sign behind me, money doesn't buy happiness. So my journey is one of a currency, and I, I talk about currency as an object of energy, that we put into the flow to get what we want so money was my currency of my life when i was young and the reason is is i grew up broke i always say when i'm speaking around the world in the old days when i was stepping on stages one of the first questions i'd ask is who here grew up with nothing and half the audience would raise their hand and i'd say gosh i feel sorry for the rest of you uh, because what you learn from being broke can never be taught in any school that's for sure but i wanted to be rich only for one reason I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. The only time I wasn't happy as a child was when there was financial stress. Car would break down. We couldn't go to summer camp, worried about eating, you know, minor things like that. So I had a journey of a currency of money that it was a baby to buy me happiness and love. And everything I did in my career reaffirmed that sign behind me that money would buy happiness and love. I got out of law school, made my first million dollars in nine months, bought my mom a house and a car and paid back my law loans. Uh, 1995, uh, we sold the first company I worked for for $3.4 billion. More happiness in my life. I went to the Silicon Valley, branded myself an internet guru, raised hundreds of millions of dollars, ended up the CEO of the first smartphone with Windows, uh, Microsoft and Samsung and I have married my dream girl who hated me in the fourth and sixth grade, and now somehow she loved me. Every single thing I had was because of money in my mind, in my mindset. And what happened was I went from the world of not enough, where I was a victim. A lot of people live in this world today. Why me? Why COVID? Why this? Oh, no. Why can't? And then I moved when I made money into a world of just enough. Uh, I called it the world of just enough for me because I thought I was super generous and super positive, but everything was a trade and negotiation. Everything was for me. It's still a scarce world because I was buying things to be happy. I was buying different things to be happy. I was buying more things to be happy. I was buying things to impress people. I didn't even like to be happy. And that all fell apart when I realized that there was a world a different world, not where you give to get, not a negotiation, a trade, a judgment, or a condition. There was a world of abundance. There was a whole world that I was missing out on by losing the values that my mom taught me as a child, You know, gratitude, finding the light, the love, and the lessons and everything. My mom wouldn't even let me come down to breakfast if I had the wrong mindset. She would look at me and say, not with that attitude, get back upstairs. Forgiveness, being able to forgive myself. I become so critical of other people. Accountability asking myself, you know, what did I do to attract this to myself? What am I supposed to learn from it instead of blaming everybody, living in shame and disappointment and separation and ego and justification, always justifying everything in my life and then learning about inspiration. So I was very motivated, very giving, but I was lost. And sure enough, like you said, 2006, I hit rock bottom, not financially, emotionally. 2008, they, they matched. I hit rock bottom financially. I lost over a $100 million. I was running the most notable sports agency in the world, Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. They made me the movie Jerry Maguire after my firm. And literally, I was unhappy. I'd lost everything. And that's where I needed my wife to kick me in the butt, create a paradigm shift of giving and living in the world of abundance, teaching me not only that money was a currency, it still is, I always say, money doesn't buy love or happiness, but it sure allows you to shop. And what my wife taught me, and a couple other people in my life, to shop for the right things. Because when I started shopping to help other people, to allow the universe to come through me, community centers and scholarships and other things, the world opened up into expansion, growth and acceleration. Unbelievable abundance and happiness and purpose and passion and profitability entered my life. And here today, I spun off a firm with Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback that I co-founded, Sports One Marketing. But more importantly, last three and a half years, I've proven that I can brand anything, that I can build a community around any brand because I've done it for myself. And you know, my biggest selling tool is that if I can brand this, I can brand anything. So I have my own TV shows, Elevator Pitch, and Two Minute Drill launching on Bloomberg. I have a podcast that's just top in the world, The Playbook, my free trainings on Friday, are my number one downloaded podcast. It's featured, and there's a playlist on Spotify. You can check it out, or Entrepreneur Magazine, or any other platform, you can check it out. All for one reason, just to empower others, to empower others to be happy, make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. Wow, what an introduction. He's
0: done everything. Now, (laughs) Dave, the, um, the money paradigm, that's very, very societal, I think. That we have societal pressures where we need to, if you're not making a ton of money, you're not uh, deemed success. Well, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I think if your objective is to create abundance and make money, then you that's part of success. Uh, but if you want to be an artist and you feel that your art is contributing to the reasons to help Uh, people be happy, impacting people to be happy, your capabilities are an art, and you don't necessarily need any money, then why would money be determinative upon your success? I think it's a variable. You know, if if I'm a quarterback, passing yards might deem a success or touchdowns deem a success. But, you know, how many goals that I score in a soccer game with my nine-year-old son isn't going to deem success money is the same type of arbitrary variable that you're looking at. It's part of what you want and you can use it as an indicator of, you know, a variable of success for you, but it doesn't define you. My biggest problem was money defined me, right? And it defined my happiness. If I closed the deal, super duper happy. If I lost a deal, super duper sad. I, everything around me was defined by my money, my bank account. Now I define myself by how not only I feel but how I make others feel. That's, I love that because it's a much healthier perspective on life
0: because uh, what I do is Edwards Consulting and a lot of people I try to open their eyes to, hey, like they might have a job that they're not happy at, but you are not just your job. You're many elements and many different levels to who you really
1: are. And most people don't find out who they are. Absolutely. And it's so important to understand. Now, here's the interesting thing about me, because obviously I have an emotional intelligence, a spiritual side to me, great situational knowledge. I've paid dummy tax. I always joke around. I said, look, I may not be able to pay everybody's state tax and income tax, their federal tax or their income tax. But what I can pay is your dummy tax. And it's far more valuable than any state or federal tax will be charged. I've lost hundreds of millions of dollars because of dummy tax. Uh, And in that context, though, money is really important to me. Because I believe you, can't, you cannot give what you do not receive. And for me, money is the pragmatic vibration. It's the currency of our vibration. And if you shop for the right things, you'll be super happy. I, for my 50th birthday, I did 50 birthday parties, one a week for an entire year. And I gave the money to the Unstoppable Foundation, which I'm the chairman of. I built two community centers in Africa. The greatest two things that impacted my life that I've ever done, impacting thousands of people for the rest of my existence. It'll create a legacy for my kids and my grandkids to help and empower mostly young girls to be able to empower them for education, health, financial literacy, all types of great things. But money was needed to do it. And so I'm a pragmatic spiritual person. I believe that there are two currencies, not only money, which we talked about but also faith in that you have to blend money with faith. Faith is the same as money. It's a currency, an object of energy you put into the flow to get what you want. So in my life, the way that I look at is real simple. I am where I'm supposed to be. I am happy where I am. I am in the right place at the perfect time. But I'm going to angle, not go directly, but I'm going to angle to something better and have faith that I'm going to end up somewhere better than that. I'm happy where I'm at, angling to something better, but I have faith, the currency, that I'm going to end up somewhere better than that. Pain is not a stop sign. It's a turn signal for me. It's indicating that I got to learn something, create a lesson to move in a better direction, to a better place for a better situation.
0: Yeah, and those are all great takeaways. You got to be happy with where you're at, but continue that faith that allows you to push, like Dave was just saying there. And then also when discomfort or objectivity or like any problems come up, you got to sit there and realize that, hey, I need to learn something and get better so I can overcome this. You don't have to give up. That doesn't mean give up just because there's a little pain. You got to push through. And Dave, let's talk about your crawl, walk, run strategy. What, what exactly is that?
1: Yeah. So for me, I believe in learning. Life's about lessons. Lessons will keep on coming until you learn them. They result in pain. Until you've learned a lesson. And so, part of the philosophy of lessons and life being about lessons, I also believe you're going to forget every lesson you've ever learned, but we have the power to access lessons that we haven't even learned yet. But more importantly, if we crawl at first, that allows us to get alignment and that allows us to learn more lessons when we go slower. And then we can start walking, go a little bit faster, and we can learn more lessons. And we also have better alignment and then we can run that we can put full force. 80% of our time should be in alignment. 20% should be in the action, right? The, the second A. And the yeah. third is adjustment. So yeah. by by crawling is mostly alignment. Running allows us to take action. Uh, walking allows us to take action with adjustment. And then when we make the adjustments, we can go full force at what
0: we want. So what you're saying there is that, like, let's use your...
1: Cause you've jumped. Social media is the best place to do it. I, okay. I think you know, there's so many people that say they're experts at digital marketing. And I laugh because I'm a math person, right? I'm a statistics person. I know yeah. quantum physics, metaphysics. I was born with a gifted mind for math. I got a perfect score on the SAT, not to brag because I'm not even the highest in my family of the total SAT <laughs> score, but I got a math mind. It's impossible. If you think about all the variables, uh, right, of the stable data that exists, that 4.4 billion people are reachable and someone's gonna tell you that if you spend $50 a day on an ad that they actually know who it's going to reach, why it's going to reach and how. There's no way. So what you need to do, right? Cause especially because there's like a million variables that exist within a piece of content from the color, the size, the scope, the, the amount of time, you know, the, the logos that are included, what you're wearing, you know, what your hair looks like that day, you know, all these variables, where you got the shaved beard or the no beard, you know, whatever it is. Here's what I tell you, perfect example. You go ahead and you test your content you're crawling. Then you add a little money to the ones that seem to resonate with people, right? On multiple accounts in multiple areas. Then when that continues to work, then you go ahead and put more money to it. You start running, right? And because you're learning lessons. And meanwhile, you might've started with, you know, 40 pieces of content, narrowed it down to 10 and then selected one, but yet put 95% of your finances in the one and spent the 5% learning from crawling and walking
0: genius instead of going 50 on each of the 40 contents and then you go why
1: is this not working because you're not sure what's actually working you have no idea no people totally like when i get young people that tell me i'm an expert in digital marketing and i can do this i'm like well you can't because it's mathematically impossible you might as well tell me that you can guarantee that you can pick all 16 nfl games on sunday you know please it's just not happening Right. Think about the final four. Remember when uh, the mortgage company with Gilbert, those guys gave a billion dollar offer for anyone that would pick all games in the final, in the, in the suite, in the brackets for the NCAA. Right. Nobody did it. Right. If the variables are way more than 65 teams, trust me, the variable and nobody could do it. So how can this, you know, 19 year old digital marketing guru tell you he knows what he's doing. Impossible. Exactly. Exactly. So what,
0: How can people use the math to their advantage? Not on social media, just in life to make more money or whatever they wanna do.
1: So the way that we do it is to create stable data and work within the system that we're born into. And the system we're born into is three different consciousnesses. One is your conscious level, what you think, say, and do. Then the second is what you believe. And the third is your unconscious, your unconscious competencies. So the way that we create the stable data to work within the context of crawling walking and running is to think say and do the same things every day just like we're testing on digital marketing yeah. we create habits and routines and the reason we do that is that our conscious has a cellular memory and so the way that we input data from our cellular memory is our senses what we you know hear see think say and touch the problem with our senses as you and I both know, is they're faulty. You and I see different things. We smell different things, we taste things differently, we hear different things You know, all the time. And so in order to get stable data, we need to consistently and persistently every day, without quit, do the same thing. And if we do that, the cellular memory, which only lasts when we're awake, So it it has a very short memory. It doesn't learn things just one time. You got to do it a minimum of 21 times determinative upon your genetics or your DNA or your quantum being or your unconscious. So minimum 21 days, then something will be inputted into the conscious. Then it will move to the subconscious where you have 40,000 of the same thoughts running. And that's kind of a good autopilot for you. And you want to control the same thoughts that you have. You want positive, proactive, great thoughts that are running through because they create neural pathways in your subconscious, which is, you know, a roadmap to success. It's an autopilot to success. You know, it's the new, you know, Tesla auto driver for you. It's going to keep telling you where to go even when you're sleeping. And the coolest thing about the subconscious is it actually can activate you're unconscious, it activates personality traits, characteristics, obsessions and addictions that you want. Some which will break the chains that you've inherited from four generations, you know, alcoholism from your great grandparents to your grandparents to parents to you, or, you know, other activations that you may want in your life that no one else has experienced. You know, for me, it was athletics, I joke around. I I literally, Jordan, you might resonate with this. I could have graduated summa cum laude from Harvard and not been you know, within four people of my family that had done the same thing. It, it would have been a, a deal, but not a great big deal. The fact that I started football for a high school team, let alone played in college, it, genetically, right, in this yeah. quantum being, it was so unique, right? Because no one in my family could ever have done that. And so I activated that DNA to be an average Division Three college football player. Uh, and to my family, genetically, I might as well have been, you know, Jim Brown. Uh, <laughs> but the irony is I could have been, you know, Stephen Hawkins or Bill Gates at Harvard. And my family would be like, yeah, but, you know, so-and-so graduated from med school area. That's, there. that's <laughs> such a valuable
0: lesson because it's who you're surrounded by and the people you're around. Like you're saying, your family, a bunch of geniuses. If yeah. you're around geniuses, then you might not shine. But if you do something else, then you can shine. But it's also, you have a very high bar to reach, which is also a good thing, so it pushes you. So that's something that people need to know about, for sure. Surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas, absolutely. So back on that whole subconscious thing, what are some of the habits that you think, regardless of industry, regardless of anything, you should be doing? Why don't we
1: finish up with these five habits, these daily activities that will change your life. Number one, take inventory of your values. Okay. The biggest problem with most people is they know their why. They don't know their what. And the reason they don't know their what is they're not taking inventory every day of their personal values, their non-negotiables, their experiential values, what they want to experience during the day. That's the easy one to test people. How many times you ask your friends and family, hey, what do you want to do today? Oh no. <laughs> Where do you want to eat? Oh no. What do you want to eat? Oh no. That's an experiential value problem. You need to take inventory of your non-negotiable values. You know, for me, it's health, family, studying. And and studying means uh, utilizing the mathematical equation of luck. Attention plus intention equals coincidence. Uh, So I pay attention to what I want to do and I study it with intention. And then... You have to look at your giving values. How am I going to provide value to everyone else? And then you're receiving values, which is the hardest because most people are afraid to receive. I'm doing a free training. I do them every Friday on worthiness tomorrow. People are afraid to be worthy of everything they receive. They're afraid to receive because they don't know their what. The second thing to do. So the number one daily habit is take inventory of your values. The second one is the one I would tell myself if I was 18 years old. So in case somebody was wondering, hey, what would Dave tell his 18 year old self? I would tell my 18 year old self to ask because people don't ask enough, they don't ask big enough, and they don't ask often enough. And it it literally asked two different series of questions. One, ask people how you could be of service or value to them. But two, ask this question. Do you know anyone that can help me? Stop thinking everyone's a gatekeeper. Everyone in my life is a sponsor or a power sponsor. I'm constantly asking in person, on the phone, email, media, radio, print TV, social media. Hey, do you know anyone that can help me? I'm looking for people to come to my training for free on Friday. I wanna create an abundant, truly subconscious and unconscious competency that's collective to be happy. Please, everybody out there, come to my free training. Do you know anyone that would like to come to my free training? And if not, do you know anyone that would like to watch the replay? On Spotify, there's a playlist. Please, everyone, I'm asking. That's what you need to do. Three, yeah. third habit. Be a student. The, the meaning, pay attention to and give intention to the coincidences you want. I study my calendar uh, because the calendar has the activities I have planned for the day, activities I don't have planned today, the empty space in my calendar, and my sleep. So you know, I have very time control routines with my sleep. I wake up at four, have a whole routine, and I have an adaptable routine for when family, friends, or parties are in town, and I can't stick to my normal routine. I have an adaptable routine, but I'm always studying at least three hours a day. I'm paying attention to and giving intention to the coincidences I want from the inventory that I took at the beginning of the day of my values. I look at things and study them with a lens. I call it the Meltzer kaleidoscope a lens of productivity, how much value am I providing to others, a lens of accessibility, how accessible am I to you, Jordan, but also how am I accessing what I want? And then the most important lens is the lens of gratitude. I find the light, the love, and the lessons and everything. Number four, daily habit. Do it now, right? I hate statistics. I The only statistic, I don't like statistics uh, because the only statistic I ever knew to be true was 99% of all statistics are made up. You know, I'm a math guy. But then I started playing golf and I realized that 100% of all short putts, they don't go in. Uh, So that one was true. And then I figured one more, 100% of the things you do now get done. The difference between fulfilled, successful, purposeful, passionate, and profitable people is they get stuff done. So get stuff done. Make sure you ask yourself, can I get it done now? So 100% of the people that do it now, get it done. So do it now. If you can't do it now, place it in your calendar and study it for tomorrow, prioritizing it by what's most important. And then finally, as we finish up, the number one habit that everyone should have is the fifth habit. You need to learn to be a ferocious Buddha. And when I say be a ferocious Buddha, I mean you need to practice ending fear. And there's four steps to practice ending fear. Number one, identify what you're afraid of. There's primary and secondary fears. I Here's the things I'm afraid of. I know them by heart. I'm afraid of, I have a need to be right, a need to be offended, a need to be separate, a need to be inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, (laughs) guilty, and resentful. And I have identified these things and every day, Those things come up every single day. And I practice every day as a daily habit, identifying when I feel that way. And then two, be a ferocious person and stop. Trust me, if you ever get married or you are married, you will know how hard it is when you're in an argument with your wife or your spouse and you're going in a direction you don't wanna do, accelerating in a trajectory, basically saying shit you shouldn't be saying and being an idiot and be able to stop and tell yourself, I don't have a need to be right. It's okay that we went the wrong direction. It's okay you knew the right direction. Stop, stop, stop. So learning one to identify, two to stop, three then to drop, I call that being a Buddha, breathe through your nose, out through your mouth, at least six times, drop the center to neutrality, the Russell Wilson, Trevor Moad trick of the trade to live in neutral. And then when you get to neutral, roll in the right direction. The key to it is, When you're in an ego-based consciousness, when you know your primary and secondary fears, you know that your mind, body, and soul are on fire. You are accelerating in the wrong direction. You're making your objectives more difficult than they ever will be. What do you do when you're on fire? Stop, drop, and roll. Be a ferocious Buddha. And that would be the best practice. So just to review, Inventory of your values, number one. Ask and attract, number two. Student, number three, especially of your calendar. Do it now, number four. And most importantly, be a ferocious Buddha. Stop, drop, and roll. Practice ending fear in your life. And I promise you, if you do these five things, not only will you be happy, but you'll be able to empower other people to empower other people to be happy. Jordan, it's been a pleasure, my friend. And I hope this has been a help to you and your community.
0: Yeah, David, I completely, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. And I think everyone's got to do this right now. These
1: five uh, habits, start implementing them. And where can people find you, David? Uh, At David Meltzer. But I really like people to email me directly to join my free training. David at D Meltzer, David at D Meltzer.com. I have a text community 949-298-2905. If you get lost in all that, just Google my name, David Meltzer. You'll find me on every platform uh, TV shows, podcasts, et cetera. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll add that to the show notes. Thank you, David.
0: Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.